here. It is Sunday, October 4th. The Hokies are 2-0. and A big dub yesterday uh, at the hands of the, uh, the, the Blue Devils, dancing with the Devils up there. The Hokies are 2-0, 38-31. How is everyone doing today? Grayson, what's going on, man? How are you? I feel great, man. That 2-0 feeling, it's been a long, long time, I feel like. At least for me, just with, with the absence of college football. And I don't know, the, there's, there's something to be said about winning two games in a row, especially during these times. I'm on cloud nine. Billy Ray, how you feeling, player? I got on my Bruce Arians hat today. Um, you know, I'm fired up. We watched the game. Uh, oh, no, I'll save it. I'll save it. I'll save it. But I am I'm over the moon. Um, the resiliency, the way to just fight back, find a way to get it done. I mean, these are a lot of fun to do when you're winning ball games. Two and zero. Been looking forward to pressing record, hanging out with the guys. So, um, man, I'm just I'm over the moon. I'm so uh, I'm so fired up about this. I'm excited too. And before we really get into things here, let's talk about our excitement for our premier partner, our friends at. The Main Street Pharmacy, Dr. Lord, Jeremy Counts. Stud. I walked into Main Street Pharmacy on Saturday morning with Ryan Hartman. I had the the Mill Mountain coffee in hand. We go in there. I say, Jeremy, what's up, man? He's in there. He's listening to Hokie's pregame show. He's got his Ty Rod jersey on. And guess what, Grayson? I can see and I could tell that he was smiling. You know how? Tell me how. Because Dr. Lord Jeremy Counts has those crow's feet, just like I do. That's right. The crow's feet, you can see him you know, forming a little crease on each side of your eye, man. That guy was as, as smiley as I've ever seen anyone, man. And I uh, got to go in. They had this divider up between the register and, uh, and the rest of the store. Gave Jeremy a little a low fist bump beneath the, uh, the divider there, which is awesome. We caught up. But uh, Main Street Pharmacy, guys, get in there fantastic place they have all of your COVID-19 necessities they treat you like a neighbor not a number and have such a friendly staff so head on down there today you you will probably be heading down there actually very very soon because the Suns are about to be uh selling yes selling Sons of Saturday flags Oh boy, Main Street Pharmacy. That is so big time. I know it's it's been a while. We've been doing this for a year now. We still don't have flags. It's like, guys, what are you doing? You, you got you got cool hats. You got cool T-shirts and whatnot. You need a flag. You need a flag. Put it in your dorm room. Put it, you know, hang it from the tailgate when we get tailgates back. Billy, I know you're excited about, about uh, man. Flags. The flag thing has been something that we've kicked around for a long time and just have not really dragged our feet, but there's no excuse for us not to have a flag. And what it comes down to is, look, you know, you walk into a frat house, there are two things or or someone's house in Blacksburg. It doesn't matter. There are two things that are going to stick out. It's, it's more than likely not going to be up to cleaning standards. And two, there's going to be a beautiful flag on the wall. And you know what? I would love nothing more than a sons of Saturday flag hanging proudly on the wall, repping the boys, we are here. We are looking for support of the brand. We want people walking into the house being like, yo, what is that dope flag on the wall? Oh, that's the sorts. And we will be reposting all of the flagification on the walls. So we are super duper, super duper excited about that edition. And you will only, only be able to get it 
at the Main Street Pharmacy. And Grayson, you West Coast guy, you know, uh, West Coast, you know, they got the the sneakers app. What 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 other what, you're working on something on the West Coast that has to do with Main Street Pharmacy? What, what what's going on over there? I, I am working on something with the Main Street Pharmacy right now. You know, here on the West Coast, you you pop over to Fairfax Avenue. That's where all the street brands are. That's where uh, uh, golf, Tyler, the creator, Supreme New York. They have Flight Club over there. Anything that you could want, you see the lines out the door. Not right now, obviously, because of COVID times. But there's always an exclusive merch drop happening over there. Well, Sons of Exclusive Merch Drops is about to become a thing. You know why? Because we are going to be selling here very soon in the coming weeks an exclusive t-shirt. I don't want to give away too much. I'm not going to tell you what's on that t-shirt, but we will be selling those out of the Main Street Pharmacy. Very, very, very limited run. So I hope to see a line outside of the Main Street Pharmacy for these t-shirts. More details will be coming here very soon. But just wanted to give you all a little teaser. Keep your eyes peeled. And let me be very clear. When it is gone, they are gone for good. We will never make the same design again. Of course, I say that now, but I'm super fired up about this, boys. And this is something that we will be doing. I mean... The Main Street Pharmacy, if you're looking to cop exclusive, exclusive stuff for the Sunday Saturday, look, you can get stuff on our website. We have awesome stuff on our website. There's some awesome stuff dropping, but we want something for the students and the locals in Blacksburg. We want to drive people outside of Blacksburg in the New River Valley to Blacksburg, Virginia. So there will be some really cool stuff coming your way. Could be apparel, could be something else, but the only place you'll be able to get it is the Main Street Pharmacy. But Pat, I want to talk about this football game. Kick us off with a hokey haiku. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I wrote this haiku like 30 minutes ago. I'm thinking of just crumpling it up and throwing it in the waste paper basket because it's not very good. Basically, I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to do a fun play on words with Khalil Herbert's last name uh, and mix it in with like rainbow and orange sherbet. I don't know if oh, it's a good man. idea. I think we're just going to throw away and table this hokey haiku and uh, hopefully we get some submissions for next week. Let's get into it now. 38-31, 2-0, Carolina on Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Grayson Wimbish, where did you watch this football game? Just like last week, and like I said, all LA Hokies will be watching football games this season at O'Brien's Irish Pub in Santa Monica, California. We got the McGregor mural on the side of the wall. We are not here to take part. We are here to take over. Fantastic turnout again. I mean, the Hokies in LA, last season we had a couple of really big turnouts, but we're 2-0, boys. We're 2-0 for turnouts, sons of turnouts. I was so impressed. Fantastic atmosphere at O'Brien. Shout out Willie, the owner, has been so gracious to us, uh, has been has been such a phenomenal experience over there, and I can't wait to watch the rest of the games there this season. Bill, where did you watch? So this weekend, headed down to Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, had to visit the brother. Had the first time he got some some liberty here. So got to uh, go down to Annapolis. I watched the first half of the game at my brother's sponsor's house, uh, the Grimm's home uh, over in, uh, I forget what it was, forget the name of the town, but right outside of Annapolis. And then second half rolls around and I'm like, hold on a second. I saw, I linked up with Peter Wilson, Sammy Wilson, and the gang. Said hello to everybody. Um, 
But there was a two-hour wait to get in, and I'm like, where where am I going to watch this game in the second half? Because I know this is a Navy household. They're going to want to watch Navy play Air Force. Um, didn't turn out too well for Air Force. But I watched the second half, or didn't turn out too well for Navy. I watched the second half uh, with Brittany Vanveld, one of the OGs, um, right over in Annapolis. Appreciate the hospitality. Got to catch up. Always, always good to catch up. Uh, and she supplied the peanut butter stuffed pretzels, which are always a great, great accompaniment for uh, for beer. I had a nice little um, had a nice little Guinness blonde uh, at the Guinness factory over in Annapolis, um, and yeah, just had a, a grand old time. So Annapolis, Maryland. Pat, what about yourself? Love to hear that. Uh, so. As I was saying before, I was in Blacksburg this weekend. Uh, German club guys, the alumni fellows got together. Uh, we, we had a small group just go down and play some golf on Saturday and Sunday. A little river course, a little Auburn Hills action, and it was a great time. But we squatted up at Sharky's Blacksburg, where good friends go. I got to give a huge tip of the cap to JJ. Uh, hooking it up with the, uh, the tables out back, it was incredible. Had so much fun. Big shout out to my sister Kathleen, my cousin Kyle, Hampton, Wimbish. They were all there holding down the fort. What's up, uh, little bro? The Wyant fam was in town, so that was awesome. And uh, randomly bumped into uh, to two guys, not at Sharky's, but uh, over the weekend, Kevin DiDomenico and Wyatt Kruger from the, uh, the Overtime podcast from the Collegiate Times and uh, 3304 Sports. Great running into them as well. Uh, but we had a fantastic time at Sharky's, man. It was great. Two big tables in the back, had the game on, had the open air flowing in. It was like, you know, not not too crowded. Just a lot of fun at Sharky's. And, uh, you know, had, had some Bud Lights and had some, uh, one of those like chicken wraps. Really, really, really good. So just a, a, an unbelievable time at Sharky's wing and rib joint. Love that, fellas. Love to be back doing where did you watch? What did you drink? We all know that Grayson was on the Bud Light train. That doesn't change. That is every day. That is every Saturday, at least. Um, but talking about this game here, Virginia Tech defeats the Duke Blue Devils 38-31 to in Wallace Wade Stadium in front of who knows how many people, but it wasn't that many. Um, usually, we have the home field advantage in Durham, but Virginia Tech gets the job done. Was a little shaky at times. Um, Virginia Tech was missing over 20 players uh, for this matchup. We had Coach Jack Tyler calling the defense. Shout out to him, just an unbelievable human being. We get into that a little bit in our Coach Foster interview, which will drop later this week. So kicking off the things that I did like from the Virginia Tech side of the ball, Khalil Herbert absolutely dominated this football game. And we talked about it last week. This is just reminiscent of an old classic Virginia Tech offense. Khalil Herbert with 20 carries for 208 yards. He averaged 10.4 yards per carry, had a long of 60 yards. And what really stood out watching these backs were two things. I'm going to talk about the backs for things that I liked because it was really easy to like the backs. Khalil Herbert's patience and his vision is what really stood out. And last week we were talking about how the offensive line was paving the way for the, for the running backs. This week it kind of inversed. I thought the offensive line had a pretty good game, um, but the back's ability to find the hole, bounce it outside, um, and make plays where there may have not been much there really stood out to me. So the shiftiness and vision of Khalil Herbert, both on the kick return team and on offense, was fantastic. And then power football from Blackshear, which is funny because I thought 
this was going to be reversed. Um, but Raheem Blackshear was always falling forward. He had some really physical runs that I thought kind of changed the tone or set the tone of the game uh, in the second and third quarters. So that for me is what really stood out and what I loved about the Virginia Tech offense. Grayson, what did you see? First off, Khalil Herbert and Raheem Blackshear can't do their thing without the blocking, A, of their offensive line, and B, of the blocking of the wide receivers and the tight ends down the field. That was crucial yesterday. Shout out to James Mitchell. Shout out to Trey Turner. Shout out to Tavian Robinson. Nick Gallo, baby. Huge shout out to Nick Gallo. Great blocking downfield, number 86. We see you out here. Also, I love that there was not a single hint of, oh, we're going to play not to lose. When Duke answered us every time we scored, we answered right back. And that has, I don't want to say that's been a problem, but that at least early last season was an issue. And so to see our guys say, hey, look, okay, fine. We're playing with our DBs down this week. Okay, they're going to pick on that. They score, we're going to go right down the field, and we're going to score too. So huge shout out for the team's resiliency. You know, they, they didn't let anything like that get them down. They did not fold. And shout out to Coach Corn. When you figured out that feeding Khalil Herbert was working, we didn't try and get fancy. We didn't try and get cute with any type of switch up. We just kept feeding the guy who was eating the most, and that was Khalil Herbert. More of that. More of that going into next week. Loved seeing that. For me, um, I really liked the protection of Braxton Burmeister on Saturday. Uh, We only gave up two sacks. Uh, He had enough time throughout the game, uh, and they only had six tackles for loss as well. I also want to point out that um, early in the game, I guess throughout the game, we were using the deep ball. And granted, Braxton's stat line, 9 for 25, uh, like 163 yards. Not the fanciest numbers you'll see out there. I I do think that um, having vertical threats in Robinson and uh, James Mitchell were both on the receiving ends of a few deep balls there. Had a couple drops early on, but um, I like that, you know, we were holding nothing back and we were, we're not afraid to, uh, to go the vertical distance as well. Now we can switch over the defense here. Billy Ray, tell me what you absolutely loved about our defensive effort on Saturday. Tyler Matheny, first career start at safety, redshirt sophomore, safety from Fairfax, Virginia, little known fact. He was offered to go wrestle at the University of Virginia, but chose to walk on at Virginia Tech. Just worked and worked and worked. Logged an interception uh, on Saturday and had seven tackles, two tackles for loss. I, that's what it's all about, man. Is And again, we talked about it with Coach Foster here in the interview that will drop later this week. Is It shows that he may have not been first on the depth chart, maybe not even second. Who knows where he was on the depth chart? but he's paying attention to meetings. He's getting ready for an opportunity. And when that opportunity finally came, he thrived and he made huge plays and was a huge reason that we won this football game. Uh, And that is a testament to him, his work and the culture of this football team. Um, And you saw, I I put out a video of it today. 
just how excited his teammates were on the sideline after he made that play. It was, it was special. I really, really, really enjoyed watching that. Um, and that was just uh, that was just a real highlight. I want to talk about the defensive backs. Uh, the defensive backs, aside from Matheny, Dorian Strong made his first start, had five tackles and one pass breakup. Keonta Jenkins started at Rover again. Shout out to the class of 2020. The defensive line. Oh my gosh. We are rushing the damn passer. And that is something that we have really not done as effectively in the last few years. Seven sacks on Saturday for a loss of 43 yards. I was kind of surprised. You saw that Duke was keying in on uh, on Justice Reed early in the game. And quite frankly, it gave Belmar a chance to have a complete breakout game. Uh, in my opinion, the best game that I've seen Emmanuel Belmar play. Uh, three sacks, which was a career high. Super active all game. I was surprised to see Duke go empty a couple of times in the shotgun, especially with the pressure that we were that we were generating. Some other uh, some other sacks for us. Um, uh, Amari Barno, six foot six. Amari Barno had two sacks and a strip sack with his chest plate. I don't even know if he if he meant to get the strip sack, but he literally uh, stripped it with his chest plate. Uh, Narell Pollard had a sack as well. Last this season, we have sacked the quarterback 13 times in two games. Last season, we had 38 throughout the entire season. I was really, really, really close to giving Hewitt the pride award this week. Jared Hewitt made so many timely plays in this football game and dominated the middle of the uh, of the defense here. They threw in a little wrinkle. He was doing some drop back and coverage in, in the middle of the field, which is really harming Duke's ability to get uh, passes over the middle. Uh, so he was doing a great job on that. We had a third and one at midfield with 1438 left. Um, and he got his uh, in the second quarter and he got a TFL there. And another thing I noticed, this team swarms to the football. Like you were watching and, and there were three or four guys in on every single tackle. If the first tackle is missed, there's three or four other guys to make a play. This team is not acting tired. This team is pursuing the ball relentlessly. and um, I mean, I could talk about the defense all day, but those are the things that stood out. The defensive line was fantastic, and just the pursuit of the football stood out and jumped off the screen to me. I agree. You know, stamp everything that you just said, Bill. And, and, and I, I would say my main takeaway, and the thing that I love to see here, is that the defensive line did not fold. The pressure was on them all day to put pressure on Chase Bryce because of the inexperience of the defensive backs who were starting yesterday, you know, around the four-minute mark, Burmeister has that fumble, and, and things look murky. I've seen that movie before, right? You know, he fumbles. I'm like, oh, good Lord, Grayson, you just had that thought in your head, kid. You just jinxed it. What the heck's wrong with you? And the defensive line at that point could have easily folded. They could have said, you know what, we're gassed, but they didn't do that they quite literally no pun intended they sacked up shout out to Jared Hewitt one of the best games he has ever played I I I I would say that wholeheartedly and you know what I love to see guys is coach Daryl Tapp was hype he had the gloves the gloves on he had the gloves on somebody get that man some pads I don't know if you guys have seen the bench warmers I tweeted this the other day 
where where the scene I am twelve, like where he comes in. This guy's fifty. He's got he's got a mustache. Like, don't be surprised when Terrell Dapp comes out next week against UNC and is and is playing on our defensive line. I'm just saying. But he was hype. Therefore, his defensive line was hype, which made me hype. I love it. The defensive line. I, I'm so excited, and I said it last week. I'm so excited to see what these guys do. I think it's it's our most talented defensive line we've had in a long time. So credit to Coach Tapp, credit to Coach Tierlink, credit to Jack Tyler for calling the plays on the defense yesterday. I just love to see it, Pat. What what really stood out for you on this defense? Seeing Coach Tapp out there, man, it just kind of brought me back to this this 2005, that like 2005 defense, man. Um, and then special teams got to give some props. So um, what do we like on special teams? Brian Johnson, automatic again. He it still is like, a, I know, a chip shot. It was a chip shot. What is he, 16 for 16 now since the He's, UNC game yeah, last year? Missed. That's has not missed since uh, since one of the overtimes. I think it was like the fourth overtime. Um, so that is absolutely fantastic. The return game, Herbert. When was the last time we had a, a big time kick return in a in a big time game? I mean, I I know he he stepped out. You know, probably a, a half inch of his foot was on the line, but that was absolutely fantastic. Gray, I know you loved uh, what you saw out of uh, out of Mister Romo. JPR, man, putting it in the back of the end zone all day. I think he had maybe one or two that were short, but, like, he killed it. Shout out to John Parker Romo. I mean, really stepping up. We need that. We need touchbacks in the end zone. And, Pat, to your point about Khalil on that kick return, man, guys, that I guess that side of the field right there around the 20, 15-yard line on the left side has not been friendly to Khalil Herbert. Over the past two weeks, he stepped out of bounds twice there, but then he learned from his mistake later in the game when he had that touchdown run to seal the deal. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to you, Khalil. That's, That's awesome. uh, learn, sons of learning from your mistakes. Now, uh, now a segment here. What did we not like? Kind of like more like where could we see some improvement? So, Billy, uh, Billy Ray, take it away on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, so uh, a couple of times I saw um, Braxton forcing the ball, it seemed like. But to counter that, I'll say this. I thought his best throw of the game, and you mentioned it with attacking and um, really trying to go out there and not play uh, not play conservatively. At the eight-and-a-half-minute mark in the first quarter, we took a shot play to uh, to Mitchell down the sideline. It was a beautiful ball. Again, I thought it was his best throw of the entire day. And I think Mitchell may have lost it in the sun um but uh that was a fantastic throw by Braxton got away with a couple dangerous throws as well with 14 15 left in the third he floated one after escaping pressure quite honestly it should have been picked on third down and two but with that said again made some fantastic throws he had the Mitchell touchdown over the middle in the end zone on the skinny post another thing that kind of stuck out was Trey didn't touch the ball until a 10:47 mark in the second quarter uh I'll say this I think a big factor uh, for why that's that he's not getting the ball is we're just not needing to run the jet sweep as much because our run game, quite frankly, has been so effective. Uh, but I was surprised um, to see Trey go the whole first quarter without touching the ball. Um, but again, uh, won the game, thought the offense had, did what they had to do. The defense was great. Um, but those are some of the things that stuck out to me. Pat, uh, what did you see? Uh, one thing that 
I was not high on was just uh, losing the turnover battle. We turned the ball over three times to Duke, turning it over once for Matheny's pick. Um, the three turnovers, the, the muffed punt that led to the touchdown in the first quarter, that was just a dictionary definition of a disaster. And that was brutal. That put us down early, um, you know, thinking that, all right, we, you know, maybe a couple drives with slow starts, but, you know, we were getting the ball back, and that's a completely huge shift in momentum. Burmeister's interception, you know, seemed a bit careless, overthrowing the guy um, underneath. And then, you know, late in the game uh, with that fumble as well, I think ball production is definitely going to be enforced pretty tough this week in practice. So that's kind of what I saw that I didn't love. But, um, you know, after those costly turnovers, we did come back and and uh, march right down the field shortly thereafter, which speaks a lot to the resiliency of this team. Um, Grayson, tell me what you thought on uh, on some sons of improvement. Honestly, Pat, like I would say my only gripe is it seems like maybe the playbook's a little bit limited. They're not opening it up as much. Maybe they're going for the home run when they don't necessarily need to. I guess not every play in my mind has to be a, a like a 25-yard downfield pass into coverage. Like some slant routes in there. We have the talent at receiver to do so. Trey Turner, Caleb Smith, Tavian Robinson, James Mitchell, Nick Gallo. Like those guys could be dangerous over the middle, man. I, I think next week I'd like to see us go over the middle a little bit more. Yeah, Grayson, I think you bring up a good point. And uh, we, Pat and I talked about this last week. I'm interested. I don't think we're showing a ton. We're playing NC State. We're playing UNC. Again, you kind of have this carousel going on at the quarterback position, not knowing who's in the game, not knowing who's going to be out of the game. Uh, so I think that definitely plays a part. And also, when the run game is going so well, and you're having Duke put six, seven, eight guys in the box, just by nature, you're going to get a lot of one-on-one situations on the outside with Trey, with Tavion, with Mitchell. Um, So really attacking the outside, even though it didn't pay off a ton, uh, we did have some really, really good looks. Um, So I think that was kind of the the idea there. Um, But I'm really interested to kind of see what, A, who's available, uh, whether we do get Hendon Hooker this week coming up, if we see some Quincy Patterson. Um, But I do expect the playbook to open up a little bit here uh, with this big game in North Carolina. Yeah, and I'll jump in and say like, I remember, I think it was a third and eight and we were uh, on our own side of the 50 third and eight, third quarter, uh, early fourth quarter. It was early fourth quarter. And we went long and I was like, Oh man, like we're going long again. Like, you know, can we just pick up, you know, a nice nine yard chunk here? And then of course, this is the one that we go along and, and we hit Tavion in stride and he gets caught up, uh, you know, on his ankles and gets brought down. But, you know, it was a big gain. It was a huge gain. But I completely agree with you there, Grayson, as far as like, um, you know, what, as far as like smaller chunk plays, you know, not, not the big home run. But at the same time, and as I said this earlier, it is so nice to have those vertical threats as well. And obviously it paid off uh, on that play there. Now, defense. Some things that we'd like to see uh, perhaps improve. Billy Ray, go ahead. Yeah, I just I'd like to get healthy on defense again. I think uh, I think we've done a great job um, filling in the gaps here. I think uh, Coach Smitty filled in fantastic. I think Coach Tyler filled in fantastic this past week. Um, would love to see us get healthy. 
I don't really have a gripe. I would say the only thing maybe uh, is there were one or two times where he didn't stay home on reads or keep contain. I know we gave up a big gain early in the third, third quarter on a read play. Uh, I know Justice uh, took the dive uh, and he left the quarterback for like 15 or 20 yards. But again, it's early. Um, I think we looked fantastic again. Uh, so I would say the only thing, get healthy. That's it. I uh, would love to see this defense and this team at full strength. You know, to piggyback off of that, Bill, I, I, I don't want to single out any position group or anything like that. It would seem that the defense at times was on and off, I guess. If, if that's a gripe, Duke's run game would be dormant. Like, we would be all over them in the backfield, swarming to the ball, and then all of a sudden they would just bust a huge run right up the middle for a, for a big game. I guess maybe sometimes we couldn't always get off our blocks and get to the ball. and. Looking forward to next week. Oh, my gosh. That is going to be so unbelievably crucial. Um, and, and, to, and to anybody, you know what, this, this has bothered me. I've seen in, in different groups that I'm a part of on Facebook, and I've even seen this on the Twitter TL, people who are mad because we only beat them by a touchdown. Yo, listen, they scored 31 points. Our entire secondary was our, – our entire starting secondary – was out. They didn't play. What it, I don't excuse me, but what did you expect? Like they're going to pick on that. So here's to hoping that you know Diablo and Waller and those guys are are back next week and back healthy. But kudos to the guys who stepped in big time. Uh, guys like Strong and guys like uh, guys like Tyler Matheny. Um, you, you know you you guys killed it. Your next man up mentality. Huge shout out to you guys. And then special teams here. Uh, Billy Ray, start us off with uh, things that you want to see improved for next week. Yeah, there's only one thing here uh, with special teams. And Tavion knows it. You know, we just can't, we, you can't muff the ball inside the 20. Um, you know, muffed punt, set up Duke in the red zone uh, early on in the game after the defense forced a three and out. Uh, he knows that. Um, shout out to that Duke punter. I mean, that was an absolute booming kick uh, sent Tavion running back um, had to play it kind of like an outfielder um, and just muffed it. But uh, that to me is the one thing on uh, on special teams that stuck out. Love Tavian because Tavian, you know what? He redeemed himself. He had a great game yesterday. He made, he made some crucial catches uh, that set up touchdowns. I would say, and listen, I've never played organized football in my life. <laughs> but from what I have watched over the years as a Virginia Tech football fan and just a football fan in general, I would say never try and catch a punt that has you on your heels. If you have to backpedal to get the football, get the hell away from it. And kudos to Duke's punter because he, good Lord, that kid played a hell of a football game yesterday. Uh, and, and, and I hope this week, I hope that there is a an air quote fall on the loose ball drill this week in practice. Because in open field, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to fall on the loose football. Never, ever try and be the person who, who picks it up. If that ball is loose, you got to fall on that thing like it's the Hope Diamond. I swear. It's a <laughs> valuable thing. It's a very valuable thing. Speaking of things that need to be improved, Pat, I'm going to piggyback off of you from last week. ACC Network, that was – absolute trash that was one of the worst produced football games 
I have ever seen in my entire lifetime. F minus minus minus. I got to tell you, uh, I, I was I was absolutely beside myself with how horrible that production was. Um, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that's mean. I don't like to you know be you know outwardly you know putting people down. That was abhorrent. It was the worst that I had ever seen on the. You had no idea what down it was. They were showing it second down. It's the, the punting team is on the field. There, there was a zeroth and goal on the on the scoreboard. Zeroth and goal. Yes, that was on the board. Um, I had no idea what was going on. They sounded disinterested in in the game. You got a pick by a safety who's played zero games, and it's like, and it's intercepted by Matheny, and he's running it back. You got Khalil Herbert out here returning kicks, acting like nothing's happening here. I mean, look, again, I don't mean to be mean, but Chris Cotter, this guy's made a living out of talking about recruiting and interview hat selections on signing day, and now he's doing play-by-play. I don't ever, ever, ever want that group doing it again. I understand it's early. I understand we're doing this in a pandemic, but this is two weeks in a row where the ACC network has been an absolute abomination. This cannot happen anymore. You didn't even mention that Jack Tyler was calling the defense. What are you doing? You have one job and you need to do it one day out of the week. Do a better job at your job. Why, while I myself am not a broadcast journalist, I am someone who studied broadcast journalism at Virginia Tech. Shout out Class to is in guys. session. Class is in session right now. So look, I know what constitutes a good television broadcast. And what the ACC Digital Network did yesterday isn't any of those things. Doesn't even come close. Whoever was running the switcher, and let me educate you really quickly, Bill and Pat, the switcher is what runs the graphics on the bottom of your screen where you see third and 10. That's all a custom job. So you got to be quick on that. If that person were in Jared Woolley's Intro to, Virgi- intro to video production class, they'd get an F. If that person were in Dr. Robinson's digital newsroom class, they would also get an F. And also, you know, I don't know if, if, if this is some type of contractual deal, but it would appear that not only, I don't want to say ESPN, but definitely on the ACC digital, on, on the ACC digital network, they just love to, to show clear bias against the Hokies. Uh, and, and the last thing I'll say and, and speak on this matter is the camera operators, oh my gosh, could not follow the football if their lives depended on How it. How hard is it? How, How hard, hard is it? It's not hard. A this nat- is not hockey. It's not. Yeah, exactly. It's not hockey. A nationally broadcast game on a major network like this should not look like I'm in California with an earthquake just shaking my screen. Deplorable ACC network, figure it out, man. Just figure it out. I'll tell you what, something that we figured out here uh, in the last few days, we have another premium premium sponsor, and we are really excited about this. So for the longest time, we've been talking to different student housing over in Blacksburg, and we really wanted to partner up with one where that we would all want to live at. So we got in touch with the hub of Blacksburg. Um, Huboncampus.com slash Blacksburg. And I'm looking at this place. Brand spanking new. 
opens up this upcoming fall. Let's talk a little bit about amenities here. A pool, outdoor pool. They got a work and study area. I mean, this pool, it's an Olympic style sanctuary pool. I'm looking at pictures. It's absolutely fantastic. Health and wellness. They got, I mean, Coach Hilgart might come over here and knock out some curls and do some big squat Friday over at the hub on campus. What else do we have here? The the loft style rooms look incredible. Quartz stone countertops. Quartz stone. Really, really stepping it up. Walk-in showers. And they have those wall showers that kind of, you know, spritz your body from different angles. They have the nice waterfall tops. I mean, I'm telling you, friends, this place is absolutely state-of-the-art. It is absolutely fantastic. And this has not been approved yet, but it is in the works. You know, when you get a new apartment complex, they usually give you a, a Comcast mug or they give you a pen or they give you something, a little coaster. Look, here's the deal. You sign a lease over at the hub in Blacksburg, okay? You let them know, hey, look, I heard about you guys through the Sons of Saturday. We, we're interested. We're, we're all in. We like swimming pools. We like quartz countertops. We like, you know, lifting weights like the, like the football players do, having a fantastic facility. We're going to give you a grab bag, get your flag, hang it up on your wall. This is all this is all being worked out currently. And if you sign the lease the day that you start the application, and look, we're telling you, if you look at the application, you're going to want to sign this lease. You will get $235 of lease fees waived. Waived, for those of you that don't know, means you ain't paying them. You're not paying them. So they're going to wave them away. You can wave a goodbye and say hello to your money. So that's big time. And if you sign the lease between before 1015, you know, the 24 o'clock, the show 24, beep, boop, beep, time's ticking down. You're going to hear this podcast is going to be October 5th. You have until October 15th and you will be entered to win an iPad Pro. They just updated the iOS or the iPad OS. It's fantastic. You'll be entered to do that. Huboncampus.com slash Blacksburg. Check them out. We are really excited to have them aboard and really excited to get you guys living the best life in Blacksburg. On that note, what did we learn about this football team? On my way back from Annapolis, Papa Mitchell and I were listening to the Coach Fuente podcast from a couple, from a couple months ago, um, and he had a great segment. He said in our interview, we shouldn't let just the end result determine what we teach about the event that just happened. What you'd like to have is a learning experience in which you still win the football game. So we will be doing a new segment of what did you learn from watching the hoax? Grayson, what did you learn this Saturday watching Virginia Tech football? Well, it's plain and simple, Bill. I learned that this team can win football games not at 100%. And that is a very, very special thing. And, and I would say that the past two weeks have sparked so much anxiety into the fan base. I remember taking my car to the, to the mechanic last week and seeing that, oh my gosh, 23 players are out. And all I could think is, I got to get my car repaired and now we're playing with half a team. Nice. That's great. But we're 2-0 right now. We have huge wins over two North Kakalaki schools. And guess what? On Saturday, it's about to be three. What up, UNC? Yeah, I said it. Doesn't matter how we did it, y'all. I see a lot of people. I said it earlier. And eh, we only beat Duke by a touchdown. I don't care. Doesn't matter how we did it. We just did. On, on, on the record, in the books, it's gonna, there's going to be a W next to Virginia Tech. 
we're 2-0. No excuses. When there is a will, there is a way. And yesterday, there was a will. This team has heart, man. And I'm, I'm really, really excited to see what they're going to do going forward. I absolutely love this football team. I love the energy that they play with. Aside from, aside from everything that sucked about the ACC network the other night, what was great is the time when the announcers were not announcing the actual game. You could hear the sideline going bananas when guys were making plays. So I absolutely love that facet of the team. And everything that I've heard from folks inside the program and around the program is how much these guys genuinely like being around each other and genuinely enjoy what they're doing. Um, they've worked incredibly hard this entire offseason just for the chance to suit up and just play. And they're getting out there. They're being able to play. We finally have gotten some games under our belt here. But what I learned is that we can win this game in a multitude of different ways. We can win football games in a multitude of different ways. Game one was a complete dominant performance on both sides of the ball. Game two, we had some guys missing on defense. The offensive line was not as dominant. I thought they did a fantastic job, but the backs really picked up the slack uh, and did a fantastic job and made plays. Um, This team can win games in multiple, multiple ways. Um, And man, when we're completely healthy and when we get guys back on the field and we have our coaching staff at full strength, this is going to be a team to be reckoned with. And um, man, I am so excited for the challenge that we have facing us here in week three. What I learned from this football game and from this football team so far is just the resiliency and staring adversity right in the face and saying, I'm going to beat you. Um, After that first touchdown in the first quarter that we surrendered and after that fumble in the fourth quarter that we surrendered, it was a lot of, I've seen this movie before, as Grayson was saying, and tech teams of the past may have folded like a lawn chair and, you know, lost by a touchdown. This team, it says a lot about this team's leadership and this team's character and this team's chemistry the fact that they were just they they brought their uh, their hard hats and they said we're not going to let this bring us down. So something about this team is just different. We're twoing up two and zero at the end of the day, and um, I think a lot of that speaks to the guys in that locker room. So we're going to move right along here to our awards. Pride, Joy, and Foo Crew. That stands for Defense and Special Teams, and Foo Crew is the Offensive Award. So, Grayson, let's hear it for your Pride Award for Defense. Pride Award, it's got to be number 30, man. Tyler Matheny. Next freaking question. Kids stepped up big, like Bill said, was going to wrestle at UVA. Psych comes to Virginia Tech to walk on and make interceptions. And, and, and I think the thing that I love the most, guys, is you saw how hype the sideline got when he had Loved that it. interception. Shamari Connor was like, oh, my gosh, let's go. He was so stoked. Everyone was gassed. It's, uh, it's got to be Tyler, man. He, he played a hell of a game. Way to step up, man. Way to step up. <laughs> For me, it's got to be Mr. Belmar. Mr. Emmanuel Belmar. We heard Bill all summer. Belmar, Bill. Different kind of Belmar. <laughs> Emmanuel Belmar. Three sacks. I mean, this is, this is a complete new phase of Emmanuel Belmar, dude. He was so fast off the edge, and he was such an impact all game long. So 
Uh, I'm giving the pride award to Mr. Belmar, but not Belmar Bill. Emmanuel has been fantastic. And again, can't speak enough to what TNT have brought um, to that defensive line room. They've been absolutely fantastic, maximizing the talent that we have. So that's exciting. I'm going to go with Jack Tyler. Uh, I'm going to add Jack Tyler to this list. Again, Jack Tyler is such a likable guy, such a very, a very knowledgeable um, coach who players love. And um, man, I, I just can't, I can't, I can't be happier for him. Uh, just a fantastic guy. And so happy to see uh, we got a glimpse of it. ACC network, little baby tip of the cap, got the hug between coach Fuente and coach Tyler. Loved to see that, but really, really, really happy for him um, to get his first win uh, from the defensive coordinator position. Moving right along here, the Joy Award. This one's pretty obvious. Pat, who's winning our Joy Award? Special teams, man. We saw some Beamer Ball out there. We saw some great special teams play out of Khalil Herbert. 83-yard uh 83-yard kick return, uh, you know, down by the uh, the 15, where we really needed a spark. This was in the uh, the third quarter, so I get got to give it to uh, newcomer Khalil Herbert, and then Foo Crew offense broken, doubling down, doubling down, doubling down on the Khalil Herbert patience on the kick return and the bounce out speed, 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 speed. Uh, on his 24-7 profile, his quote-unquote verified speed was a 4-4-2. Uh, four, four, I don't know what to take of that, but he sure looks fast in the football field. Uh, a lot of people kind of confused him with being just a power back. I know I was guilty of it. Um, but if you get a chance, go back and watch his game uh, when he was at Kansas against Boston College. Uh, he's got breakaway speed, and he sure showed that. Uh, he is number one in the country in rushing yards per game with 156 he is 10th in the country in total rushing with 312 yards. But that's a little bit of a misleading stat because he's the only player in the top 10 with less than three games. He has 26 touches total, which is the second lowest – or I'm sorry. He has 26 touches total, and the next lowest touch count is 49 touches, and the average touch count in the top 10 is 66.2 carries. It is – unbelievable what he is doing it is incredible what the offensive line is doing keep it up we have not seen this in years absolutely fantastic moving right along here for the plays of the game pat what was your play of the game broken record tripling down khalil herbert's (laughs) 60 yard touchdown run with i think it was 230 left this was the nail in the coffin this solidified the w for the hoax uh, absolutely love that. We were going nuts at Sharkies. Gray. It's got to be Khalil Herbert's kick return, man. It, it, it has to be. I would say that, you know, at that point, Duke is up on us. I'm a little bit shook. I'm not going to lie. I was just kind of like, I don't really – not that I'm uncomfortable. I, I figured we'd pull it out, but I just – I was feeling uneasy. So to see him uh, just right out of the gate come out, answer – uh, he steps out of bounds. Everyone was hype, you know. Thought it was thought it was six, but like I said earlier, that left side of the field has been mean to him this season. Learn from his mistake later, and Braxton Bur- Braxton Burr mustard runs in for the touchdown. Uh, so I, I would say that that was crucial. Had to have that. Uh, I love both of your answers, um, but Grayson, you mentioned the word crucial, and you mentioned it earlier in the podcast. 
following our turnover in the red zone, which, which cannot happen. Can't turn the ball over in that situation. 441 uh, left in the fourth quarter, and we're only up by three points. Defense comes back onto the field. And I have a little beef, again, with the ACC Digital Network. I was watching the condensed game, and they left, they left this drive out. But I thought the most important sequence of the entire game was when the defense comes back in, 435, ball on their own 19. You can go take the lead or you can tie it. And the defense says, N-O, no. Forces a huge three and out. Uh, first play, Jared Hewitt blows up, blows up the play uh, for a gain of nothing or a one-yard gain. And then uh, Narell Pollard brings it home with a sack. The defense just rises to the occasion, makes a huge play. And um, quite frankly, that was, that was your ball game right there. So um, that was the sequence for me. Oh, absolutely. And it had me smiling. I got to say it had me smiling. And you know who else has me smiling all the time? Dr. John Cranham (laughs) over at the Chesapeake center for complete dentistry. Head on down there. If you're in the Chesapeake area, head on down there. If you're not from Chesapeake and you just want to have a great dentist, John Cran, head on down there. Tell him the sun sent you for 50% off your teeth bleachery. I said I like to smile. Smile could be the word of the day, but word of the day. It's a new segment. We're, we're all about throwing some new segments in here, you know, see what we can kind of throw around, get some solid structure in the pod. Word of the day is uh, one of these things we're going to do uh, in our game reviews. So I'm going to say gamers because Burmeister and Herbert took that second half. They stared that adversity in the face again her uh, uh, Burmeister was a total gamer in the second half, had some gritty touchdown runs, uh, which was fantastic. And then Herbert, we've already kind of spoken that into, uh, I guess it's uh, pretty redundant right now. We know he's a gamer. Uh, what do you think, Grayson? My word of the day for this week is fold. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. We could have folded so many times in this game. Could have, could have rolled over and died, but we did not fold. Not once. Not on defense, not on offense, not on special teams. We, we made mistakes, sure, as, as any football team does, but we did not fold. And I think that is a, a narrative that I will watch throughout this entire season, how we handle pressure, how we handle being uh, in not-so-great situations. Uh, and I and I think that will especially ring true when we uh, when when we play the Tar Heels this Saturday. I gotta tell you, I love this section. I spent way too much time thinking about what word I was gonna go with. I didn't put it on the dock because I was thinking about it during the podcast. But the word of the day is swarm. The way that these guys swarm to the football, the way that these guys pursue the football, it's making a huge, huge difference. Um, and it's like hokey, hokey teams of old. Uh, I'm pretty sure, Grayson, that you texted me this, um, that one of the sacks just reminded you of Daryl Tapp. Swarm was the only thing you could think about. And some of these tackles and some of these chase down plays, I mean, swarming to the football with relentless energy and relentless speed and just um, doing everything you can to knock the hell out of the ball carrier, that is what stood out to me. Um, and quite frankly, is um, just a ton of fun to watch. Fun might be Fun was the runner-up but I went with Swarm. And then right before we do stat of the game, uh, we're going to do some bottom line, bottom lining. So let's bottom line it here. 
I'm going to say one of the bottom lines uh, or just, you know, a general storyline of the first few games so far. Welcome to 2020. Just so much uncertainty every single week. Are we going to play? Who's going to be playing? What report are we going to find out, you know, an hour before kickoff? Are we going to be able to field the team? How deep are we digging in our depth chart? I got to say, sons of kind of backpedaling. I don't know. We recorded our podcast on Thursday morning last week, previewing the Duke game with Matei, and I was pumping the tires, man. I was saying, throw your mortgage on the Hokies. We're going to cover. It's going to be fine. We did not cover. That was also before, you know, it was announced how many players were out, all the rumors about the DB room, whatever. That's okay. Welcome to 2020. This is probably... I mean, I'm hoping it doesn't happen at all during the rest of the year, but I know that, you know, if someone was out for last Saturday and wasn't out for NC State, that they're probably going to be out or there's a good chance that they are going to be out against Carolina. So what we have to do here is cross our fingers and let it play out. Um, Another thing, welcome to 2020 again, but a a different way. Transferring, the transfer portal. This has been one of the narratives, the peanut gallery, if you will, one of the narratives, um, or even in the media, that people don't like Justin Fuente. His players don't like him. They transfer out. They go to other schools. We have completely ended up net positive from the transfer portal. It's not even close. It is not not even close. There's not a single other school in America that has benefited the way that we have uh, in 2020. Herbert is fantastic. Blackshear is fantastic. Burmeister is 2-0 as a starter. The list goes on. Clemson's five-star running back announced he was transferring a couple days ago. Now, was this Dabo's fault or was it Fuente's fault? Has Dabo lost complete control (laughs) of the program? Welcome to 2020. Um, And then quick note on quarterbacks for a, uh, a bottom liner here. One, I do not think Hendon Hooker is game ready. I think maybe we would have seen him in the second half of the game, uh, you know, if if he was game ready. But I do not think he is game ready. I do not think he has practiced uh, to the point where he could be put in a game situation. So people who are calling for Hendon to go in, Justin Fuente was not born yesterday, as Billy likes to say. Justin Fuente (laughs) will put Hendon Hooker in the game if Hendon Hooker needs to be in the game. And then quarterback play, Bailey Hockman, Chase Bryce, they are not good quarterbacks. They are bad quarterbacks. And we showed them and we showed their fan bases that they are bad quarterbacks the last two Saturdays. Sam Howell is a very good quarterback quarterback and one of the best quarterbacks that we will see this year this is going to be a massive test so welcome to 2020 let's cross our fingers see what kind of results we get this week and uh pray that we'll have everyone back on uh in the defensive back room billy ray bottom line we're multifaceted we're 10 and 1 against the state of uh, north carolina this is a huge huge game for virginia tech um and again, I, I, I can't wait to watch it. Uh, to follow up on your Hendon Hooker, uh, Pat, you gave us bottom lines, baby. You gave us, you gave us some bottom lines. That's, uh, that's plural. Um, 
on the quarterback uh, situation, I got to say, I loved seeing Hendon again. Every time we panned over ACC Network, you still did a bad job. But every time we panned over to the uh, to the team huddle during timeouts, Hendon was the first person to speak to Braxton. He was the first person to go over there, pat some guys on the back. Again, ex- ex- exhibiting fantastic leadership uh, and being a great teammate. Um, whenever he is, Coach Fronte did say he was fine. Um, I'm interested to see when we do see Hendon Hooker. Um, but again, um, you know, just got to keep it rolling, but we're multifaceted. We've been dominating the line of scrimmage. We're resilient. We love playing together. And, um, man, I cannot wait until noon on Saturday. Grayson, you'll be getting up at nine o'clock in the morning. I'm interested to hear uh, what your bottom line is, baby. Nine, nine, nine o'clock AM sons of very, very, very early. Sons, sons of sunrises. Yeah. Sons of sunrises on the West coast. We're coming UNC. We're gonna we're gonna give y'all hell. I promise you that. And uh, we interviewed Coach Foster today. Like Bill said, that one's dropping a little later this week. But one of the things he said is, "We hate them like we hate UVA." Stamp. We hate them. <laughs> we hate them. We're bringing it, baby. We'll see y'all on I, Saturday. I can't wait. And to bring us home here, um, we got the stat of the game. Stat of the game is brought to you by Sharkies. And don't overthink this. This isn't like. Oh, man, let's just read the, the best out of the game. No, we're trying to go deeper than that. What is getting lost in the shuffle here? What is something that we need to highlight on here? And Pat, Pat texted the group chat, and he was like, hey, guys, I, uh, I noticed this one thing. It's pretty damn cool that uh, shows you how, how mature how mature, mature this football team is and how we're taking care of business. Pat, hit us with the stat of the game. Brought to you by Sharkies, where good friends go. Listen up, guys. This is a, a pretty simple stat here. Three penalties for 20 yards. That's it. That's the tweet. Three penalties for 20 yards. Duke, eight penalties, 76 yards. I think we only had 40 penalty yards last week, too. Listen, this is a disciplined football team. This is a, this is a team that plays for each other. This is a team that has leadership. Only three penalties in four quarters. That's a really good stat. Be on the lookout for some more next week. And uh, even if Brock Hoffman wants to go after the whistle, uh, as long as he's not getting flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct, we are more than happy uh, with that. But that should wrap things up here for this week. Uh, I'm really excited for Carolina on Saturday. Noon, ABC, cold drinks are waiting. Billy Ray is coming to Charlotte. It's going to be awesome. Do we have any shout outs before, uh, before we wrap this up? Grayson, we'll start with you. Shout out to, uh, shout out to O'Brien's man down, down there in Santa Monica and the crowd that keeps showing out week in and week out. Uh, I, I just love to see the turnout, even in the crazy times that we're, that we're living in. And shout out, guys, to Eric Avazar. He predicted the score exactly Dude. right, 38 to 31. Not only that, he said that James Mitchell would score the first touchdown. Boom. What the hell? You should have put money on it, Eric. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> if you put money on it, it would have been completely wrong. So don't put yeah. money on it. But keep those keep those hot, hot, hot uh, predictions coming. Fantastic job, Eric Avazar. And I want to – okay, so shout out to you, Grayson. Um, fantastic job. I love the video uh, content you guys are putting out. Uh, Justin Cates, the Justin Cates show was great. Uh, the quickest show in sports uh, in sports television. Really enjoyed that. 
Blue um, cheese we have sucks. Blue cheese Blue sucks. cheese does not suck. I had blue cheese this weekend. Blue cheese is fantastic. Stop with your slander. Um, a couple other things that we have coming up. We have fantastic, fantastic articles that are dropping. Uh, we have the Prokies uh, article dropping tomorrow. That is a weekly thing. Kendall Fuller had himself an afternoon today. Multiple interception day. Grayson, you got an article coming up. What are you writing about? So... I figured, you know, I would like to make an analogy here. I think that this game on Saturday is eerily similar in a lot of ways to the 2009 Miami game. And I will be writing about just that and how UNC has all the hype over there. You know, number seven, big boy Sam is just like Ja'Cory Heisman. He's got all the hype. He, you know, ESPN loves him. They think he hung the freaking moon. But guess what? In 2009, ESPN thought that Ja'Cory Harris hung the freaking moon. And we uh, we beat them 31-7. to So, see you on Saturday, UNC. Fired up about that. I know we got a great piece going out with uh, with Mike McDaniel coming up here. Shout out to Robert Irby. He got married this weekend. Yabba dabba doo. Happy for you. Good for you. Um, but I am fired up. Got some great stuff coming out. Shout out to the Locks of Saturday. Shout out to the Scribes. Shout out to everybody that is making this thing go. And shout out to you, the listeners. We love you. We love the feedback. And also, breaking news. Sam Rogers will be joining the Sons of Saturday, so send in your questions. Pat, take us home, my friend. I want to give some shout-outs to those uh, those hokey students trying to get the Sons of Saturday ambassador uh, or the Sons of Saturday brand out there. Uh, fantastic. Kathleen, Dan Pan. And another shout-out, uh, Sarah Hearn, of course. Another shout-out has to go to Sean Stockmo. Getting the boys in Blacksburg together this weekend, uh, playing some golf, a lot of fun. Sean broke his foot about a day or two before oh. the trip, so he was not able to golf. But he was still a team guy. He was hobbling around all Love over, that. all over the course. Uh, you know, man in the cooler, in the cart, taking picks, having a great time, enjoying some fellowship. Uh, with friends so shout out to sean and shout out to everyone and we will see you later this week go hoax